This is Fake Plastic Podcast, a podcast that unlocks the alchemy of Radiohead, one song, music video, or live performance at a time. My name is Savannah Wright. In our last episode, we talked about Radiohead's fickle relationship with the press. Tom York, in particular, was a subject of speculation for numerous critics. Perhaps because of his moodiness during interviews, his disdain for fame, and his proclivity for writing depressing lyrics. And it wasn't just Tom whom they labeled moody. Before OK Computer, Radiohead was generally known for their sad music. Remember this clip from Clueless in our first episode? Yuck! Uh, the maudlin music of the university station? Wow, wow, wow. Honestly, with a few exceptions like Lotus Flower or 15 Step, all Radiohead songs are a bit sad. But that's not to say that they're only sad. People often talk about Radiohead as these sad sack, self-important, humorless guys making music to commit suicide to. I mean, those are things that like have been said to me by people who don't like the Radiohead over the years as someone who really loves Radiohead. And so I think it just shows that part of hating Radiohead is, is missing a little bit of what's going on with them. This is Spencer Kornhaber, a pop culture writer for The Atlantic. He wrote a piece a few years ago about the irony and humor in OK Computer, an aspect of Radiohead's work we often overlook. Oddly enough, Spencer and I discovered Radiohead through the same person. I mean, to be completely honest, uh, your sister Marissa got me into Radiohead. You know, I was a music nerd in high school, but uh, I remember she had the album Hail to the Thief, and uh, she sort of insisted that I uh, listen to it. And um... Our story departs slightly from there. The first album I remember listening to was Amnesiac, which threw me straight into the deep end. You know, with that encouragement, I also remember borrowing uh, a fr- my, my friend's father's copy of OK Computer and really wanting to understand it and not understanding it and um, sitting on the floor of my, you know, teenage bedroom, uh, reading the lyrics that they're printed in um, the liner notes and just sort of like having that first spiritual experience you have with Radiohead. Um, and I think it was like the, the middle third of, of Paranoid Android is what, really when it kind of all clicked for me. In this episode, Spencer will uncover the unexpected humor of that same song and explain why identifying that humor is essential to understanding Radiohead's work. But first, some context. Paranoid Android is a six-and-a-half-minute odyssey comprised of four distinct sections. To create these sections, the band fused together parts from three different songs, each written by a different band member. It's a structure partially inspired by the through-composed form of the Beatles' Happiness is a Warm Gun. For fans, Paranoid Android is one of Radiohead's crown jewels. But the song can be jarring for first-time listeners. I remember playing it in the car with a group of friends one day, and halfway through one of them asked, wait, the song is still going? For that reason, some may dismiss the song as pretentious or overblown. To them, it's a fulfillment of Radiohead's stereotype as a sad band that writes art music for intellectuals. Radiohead knew this. They were aware of how the press betrayed them and how the masses understood them. And they used that knowledge to craft a highly self-aware rock opus in response. From its ambiguous title to its bizarre combination of musical styles, Paranoid Android plays into each of these expectations and then subverts them. Yeah, I mean, Paranoid Android, it sounds like sort of a dystopian, like, yeah, yeah, it's kind of very, like, late 90s mix of, like, just fears about the dystopian 
uh, New Millennium and also the sort of like grungy self-analyzing sadness and, and paranoia. The title actually came from uh, Douglas Adams, Adams's book, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I, I, I think it refers to a robot character who is just is apparently very brilliant, but is sort of stuck in a dreary existence of doing banal things. For those unfamiliar with The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, here's a clip from the 2005 film. Marvin here is played by the brilliant Alan Rickman. I think you ought to know I'm feeling very depressed. Well, we have something that should take your mind off things. It won't work. I have an exceptionally large mind. Yeah, we know, but um, we need you to go down to the number two entry bay and pick up our stowaways and bring them up here. Just that. I won't enjoy it. Yeah, well, that's life. Life? Don't talk to me about life. Although exaggerated for satire, Martin's outlook on life wouldn't be out of place in Radiohead songs like Let Down or Fake Plastic Trees. The green plastic watering can For a fake Chinese rubber plant so, yeah, I mean, that sort of probably definitely describes people's perception of who Tom York is. Um, but my understanding is that Tom York has said over the years that the title was selected as a joke. It was um, uh, meant to send up his own image as a sad sack or as a paranoid android. Adopting the persona of the paranoid android allowed York to simultaneously demonstrate his self-awareness and toy with listeners' expectations. Listeners who thought this would be yet another depressing song about Tom York's pain. Well, I think that a lot of people who maybe aren't that into radio had just hear, you know, they probably don't get it. And, they, and, you know, they hear the song and they think that, it's, you know, it's just someone earnestly whining about the unborn chicken voices in their head or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Like yeah, they yeah. hear um, Creep and they think, this person's just like feeling bad for himself about being a loser. Um, mm-hmm. And it, I think there's, it's usually more complicated than that. Um, I think this song, you know, it's kind of about how you're disgusted. That, you know, you might feel disgusted with the world around you and you might feel like the people around you are inhumane, but it then is driving the narrator to him, him or herself, like act like rather inhumanely and, and, um, Mm-hmm. Kind of sort of clever tantrum, like sort of uses fascist imagery about how, like, someday you know his enemies will be against the wall. Um, you know, like it, it's this person is uh, inspired by the ugliness in the world to like become sort of ugly themselves. Um, At first, paranoid android seems to fit the bill of a traditional Radiohead song. It has a sonically interesting melody, intelligent lyrics, and a narrator in some sort of distress. But Spencer sees a few layers of humor in this song, which suggests that we shouldn't take it as seriously. To start, he identifies a few instances of camp. You know, when you talk about humor, you might be talking about something that just seems funny, you know, like kind of a, a funny sensibility, you know, the idea of camp. Um, and so you, I, I'd say you hear that in just like the particular word choices of things like uh, kicking, squealing, Gucci, little piggy, or the unborn chicken voices. You know, these are just like sort of funny images um yeah and so then beyond that you know you think of humor or comedy as the art of surprise 
And so you have a lot of reversals in the lyrics. You have that part where he's saying, uh, you don't remember, you don't remember my number, remember, remember my name. Oh, I guess you do. You don't remember. part where he has the litany of like the panic the vomit the yuppies networking which is already like a funny juxtaposition um that things that don't like quite logically uh make sense together and then you know then we caps it off with god loves his children yeah which is you know plays to me like a punchline kind of just that like kind of structural whiplash um in in the words that strikes me as humorous and and then yeah i think that the general content of you know to the extent it could be understood is sort of mocking you know it's, it's mocking humor uh you have the singer the narrator who's definitely mocking and sneering at the world around him but i'd say also a lot of things about the song indicate that the song itself is, is mocking the narrator you mentioned the final line, God loves his children, you read as kind of a punchline. It was previously in the, the demo, it was hallelujah. What do you make of that final line? Do you think it was it, like hallelujah was could have also been a punchline or why do you think they made that change? Um, yeah, that's a really interesting question. I, yeah, I mean, obviously there's a very real interest in religion or people's take on religion there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I mean, that whole portion, like, makes you think of someone like Job or Abraham who is being punished and they don't really, or being tested and they don't really know why. Hmm. Um, they've, and then, but this is it's someone who's not taking it well, right? It's like a Job, like, when Job is at his, you know, maybe emotional rock bottom, it's like, feels like the world is coming down on him, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess, I guess probably with that line, Tom is probably making fun of people having faith in a higher power in, in, in light of how terrible the world can be. But, you know, maybe he's making fun of him, making fun of himself about that. I'm not quite sure. Hmm. Yeah, it is vague. And I guess that's how Radiohead likes it. They don't want to be on the nose. But that is an interesting right. thought. Yeah, I mean, just drawing out, like, the, I, yeah, I mean, the, the obvious irony is just like, yeah, God probably doesn't love his children if they're going through this. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, I mean, it does It does read as very sarcastic, when, the way he sings it, yeah. the way he draws right. out the yeah. I'm like, okay, we get it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally, yeah. <laughs> the instrumentation itself also plays with expectations. Yeah, I mean, going back to the idea of, like, the surprise or the punchline, the fact that the song changes so dramatically and with such sort of, like, um, panache, like, I, think is, I think is meant to, like, make you sort of crack up or, like, have a confused smile and reaction. You know, when that sort of, like, surf guitar prog rock part comes in at the very end, it's just, like, so overdone almost, or, like, so, like, you know, reminding of, like, sort of these dramatic arena bands, you know, 80, 80s metal, mm-hmm. um, these sort of things that I think that the average Radiohead listener would find to be a little preposterous. Um, <laughs> I think I think they also, yeah, I think they generally are choosing music that is, or, like, references to musical styles that are 
heightened, emotionally heightened to the point of, you know, uh, melodrama or parody. Yeah. You know, bringing in like flamenco sort of elements. I think that's the way that flamenco is often used in Western context is usually just sort of like false addition of drama. Mm. I think, um, you know, the middle section like the harmonically it's like evoking something from classical music I'm not an expert but like in mm-hmm. like almost like something like Pop Canon or something that's yeah. sort of uh, melodramatic and so yeah I think I think that's all done in sort of like a heightened uh, way that to me feels sort of humorous and, and like it's uh, almost a, a satire Yeah, no, I like that you mentioned the prog rock elements because that was a genre that a lot of people wanted to place Radiohead in and it's almost as if they're mocking it the same way that he was mocking the whole paranoid android persona. Totally. Moments of humor are not unique to paranoid android, but appear throughout OK Computer, giving the record a subtle underpinning of irony. With OK Computer, I think they're really trying to draw out the kind of contradictions of the modern human experience and uh mm-hmm. you know and, and and they really are like really in line with the sort of ironic style of that of of the era and so yeah i mean like you have the songs are generally pessimistic or or leveling or critique but they're also like really in touch with like how it feels to be alive you know the gratitude towards being saved by a consumer product is like what airbag is about and you know just like sort of the rough the rush and the and the, the laugh of like surviving you know a, a near miss in a car like that's it's about the earnest like way that joy flows out of you from like this near-death experience that you were saved by a product um i think that's generally what's going on with okay computer and with paranoid android they're kind of putting it in the social context and they're they're holding up the idea of the disaffected you know 90s nihilist as like you know someone who might have some points to make but is also um a pretty pathetically funny uh, character themselves um i think i think the production made a lot of it like put all this sort of like weird little funny voices and like kind of uh jeering uh, guitar sounds or like like burbling little synths that just like kind of like tickle the ear and and, and give you a sense that like there is like the, the hand of someone who wants you to, um, there's just like kind of lightening the mood or like disrupting the mood in various ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a lot of what's happening on your computer. This humorous undertone comes to the forefront in the music video for Paranoid Android. In an interview for Jam, York said, quote, When it came time to make the video for that song, we had lots of people saying, Yeah, great, we can have another video like Street Spirit, all moody and black and dark. Well, no, we had really good fun doing this song, so the video should make you laugh. I mean, it should be sick, too. So the music video is, uh, I find, rather unsettling, uh, but yeah. it's a cartoon. <laughs> you know, it's also like, it's also just like such a 90s artifact. It feels like a beef and butthead thing. I believe it was based on a pre-existing uh, cartoon series in Europe or something like that. Um, Magnus Carlsen was commissioned by the band to make the video. He's the Swedish creator of the animated series Robin. But the band had the creator make the video without knowing the lyrics, or at least being able to read the lyrics, and so he just went by sound. But he ended up, uh, I think, creating something that is not that out of line with the content of the song. Um, you know, it's this cartoon story of this guy who appears to be um, alienated and yeah. freaked out by everything around him. 
Um, he's sort of a, a misfit. He takes a shower with a hat on. Um, and then he just like finds himself at a bar where there's all this like depravity, violence, and sex going on around him. Um, and that's kind of the mood of the whole video where there's like gruesome, just sort of Hieronymus Bosch scenes all around this guy. Um, he eventually escapes. Uh, with an angel in a helicopter, and so maybe, you know, maybe, maybe God does love this children. <laughs> this guy. I don't, I don't really know what, like, how it hangs together completely as a story, but definitely, like, the fact that you have these naked cartoon people doing ridiculous and disgusting things, like, certainly fits with what the song seems to be about. Hopefully, at this point, we've convinced you that Radiohead isn't just a downer band, as detractors might say. But why is it important that we recognize this humor at all? So to really love their music is to sort of get into the extent to which they are working with satire a lot. They are working with sarcasm a lot. Mm-hmm. And they're really interested in sort of almost like on a physiological level, what makes you laugh or cry or smile and like why humans, um, you, how you pull the string on the back of a human being. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think some of their songs are about like the physical sensation of laughter or smiling in the face of terrible things. Hmm. Um, and so that's just like part of their stick. It's part of like what they're trying to communicate about the world. And if you miss that, I think you're kind of missing the point. Hmm. That's interesting you say it. it elicits a physiological response. Do you have an example? Is it in the music that you're finding that? or? Yeah, I mean, I, like, I, the, the one that comes to mind is the one I mentioned, which is Airbag. Um, yeah. But, I mean, Lucky also is, you know, about... Um, Feel the transcendent feeling of surviving something. Mm-hmm. I, I think you know when they're playing with toy box sort of sounds on a song like No Surprises, mm-hmm. yeah. which is like really just like a very dreary song. They're kind of looking at like what it means to you know cheer yourself up or like or like the ways that people medicate themselves and sort of like amuse themselves in a in very like objectively unamusing situations and you know screwed up society mm-hmm. um and then yeah i think musically like they often are just like trying to like startle your ear and like sort of make you smirk or laugh or squirm or whatever you know i think about like um life in a glass house with yeah. the, the the horns I'm going to pay attention to my physiological responses to the music now because <laughs> I don't think I did notice that before, but I am trying to figure out like what makes them so great. And that is something that no one has brought to my attention before. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, like, like, like I don't understand the math of like why their music works, but certainly like their recording is hitting a spot that I don't think a lot of other bands often hit. Yeah. Um, 
But I think the instrumentation choices are also like just really uh, consistently surprising, and and uh, they they kind of knock you off one foot, and then you. But then the music itself is like so pleasing that it like brings you back in hmm. um, and, and restores your balance. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's present in, in this song as well, just with all of the shifts sure. and changes, yeah. While their inventive instrumentation has persisted over the years, Spencer believes that Radiohead's humor has not. I do think that they've gotten less money over the years, and, like, the last three albums, you know, starting with In Rainbows, I think they entered, like, this really beautiful and poignant and wistful mode that is not as... I mean, it's still a little funny, it's still a little satirical, but, like, by the time you get to Moonshaped Pool, it's just pretty... I mean, it is pretty morose. It's a lot like what people say they are. Mm-hmm. But even then, you know, you you have little funny lyrics and strange things going on, but uh, I think they've gotten more serious kind of totally. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's just an, a result of aging and wanting to talk about different things? Or Yeah, I kind of think it is. I think that um, I think Tom has gone through some things. Mm-hmm. I think that's what Moonshade Cole is about. And, uh, you know, he's really worried about the end of the world like in a very real sense due to climate change and and I think that you know I I also think that they're a great example of what is like an ongoing tradition in pop music which is like the problem of making pop music that works as political critique at all Mm. Um, and you know the the tendency by really smart people to make sarcastic music to like kind of lean into the way that pop can please the ear and like amuse while they're at the same time like trying to sum up a viewpoint by taking by being sarcastic about it yeah um you know getting you to sing along but then you realize no this is like sort of like a, a false sing along and it like you know it works if you're like really into them and you are on the wavelength of whatever band you're listening to but i think often like it's hard for the message to get across to a popular audience um mm. and so maybe it's getting fed up with that too i think that moonshape pools are at least um accessible album and uh I think he's really trying to think about different ways to convey his message in music. Yeah, it's definitely a more poignant way. It's not trying to be satirical. The only instance I can think of is in Identikit when he says broken hearts make it rain and he's kind of cheeky about it. But yeah, otherwise... It yeah, doesn't... I think, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, think, I wouldn't say there's like... Not, like, I think Burn the Witch is like a very dark, like, but sort yeah. of fairy tale-like situation. That's true. Um, you know, and on that song you have him like talking about playing a song of the jukebox that says from the witch so it's like about how music and like culture can be used for these like nefarious uh, ends of creating sort of fascist order mm. like I think that I think that he's really like I think he's all along been like really sensitive to that but I think that maybe he's fast tipping point uh, on it I don't know I, 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 I'll, I'll be interested to see what they do next OK Computer was released in 1998 at the dawn of the internet age While the world celebrated the possibilities that new technology could offer, Tom the Paranoid Android was decrying the alienation that would surely follow. And humor was a means to make that critique more digestible. But, as Spencer said, sometimes that sarcastic message can go over the listener's head. That's certainly the case with critics of OK Computer, who continue to dismiss Radiohead as a sad sack band raining on the world's parade. So the shift in Radiohead's humor over the years suggests that Radiohead learned from that experience. Maybe they realize that they can't afford to not be taken seriously with the issues we face now. Maybe we've wasted too much time laughing things off. Maybe the wistfulness of a moon-shaped pool is telling us that it's time to face the music. 
You've been listening to Fake Plastic Podcast. Fake Plastic Podcast is an alternate Thursdays production with new episodes every other Wednesday. You can find us on Instagram or Twitter at Fake Plastic Pod. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And if you really liked this episode, please leave a review and share with your friends, Radiohead fans or otherwise. I'm Savannah Wright. Thanks for listening.